You've tuned into His Name Ministries Podcast. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 16. Verse 1. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, the Mary and Mary, the mother of James, and Siloam had brought sweet spices that they may come and anoint him. So they're going to go anoint the body of Jesus. Jesus is in the tomb. Very early, verse 2, very early in the morning. Someone say very early. Very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the tomb at the rising of the sun. So this isn't times like we have now. They They can't call an Uber, say, hey, Take me to the tomb where they put Jesus. Oh, I'm going to do the 15 minutes away as my Uber driver. Let me wait on him. What's the license plate? What makes sure? You know, Destiny and I, we were in uh, France. And we had a flight early in the morning. We were outside in France at 3 in the morning on the streets. We had an Uber called. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm standing there. We're waiting for our Uber. And I see this guy driving around, and I'm thinking, as a guy, you know, I don't look into all the details. I'm like, there's a car that has to be the Uber. It's 3 in the morning. I wave the guy down. Hey, take me to the airport. He said, sure. We got in. We're driving, talking about NBA basketball. All of a sudden, the Uber guy calls saying, where are you at? <laughs> Destiny goes, we didn't get, we already paid for the Uber. Now we're in a taxi. It's like, like four times the amount it cost for the Uber. And Destiny goes, Brandon, you have to look at the license plate. You got to look at the details. I missed it. So, how many is thankful for your wives? They keep you in check, amen? But as husbands, we keep our wives in check too. Come on. So, no, okay. Yeah. So very early in the morning, they came into the tomb at the rising of the sun. This takes effort. They don't have an Uber. This takes manual effort. They get up. They have their sweets. They have their anointings. They're going to go anoint the body of Jesus. In verse 3, they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the tomb? Who shall roll away? this stone. How many know they didn't sit at home and waited for the stone to be moved? They didn't say, oh, Jesus, he knows my heart. He knows my heart. I have a heart after him. But, you know, I'm not strong. I've been going to my little boot camp classes. I've been doing my CrossFit, but there's no way. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of us, but we're girls. We can't move that stone, but God knows our heart. We'll just stay, we'll just stay in bed. No, they, they had a heart after Jesus. They said, we're going to go and anoint the body of Jesus. And they, they get there at the tomb. The sun is barely coming up. And they said among themselves, uh, who's going to roll this stone away? Let me tell you, when God tells you to do something, when God speaks to your heart, sometimes in the natural, it looks impossible. There might be no way you can do it, but you are not led by the natural. 
You're not led by what you can see. You're led by the Holy Spirit, and you do what he tells you to do. There's been times, Destiny and I, where we, we sow an offering, we sow a seed into a ministry, and, there, and naturally speaking, there's no way we could sow that. We needed that. But I'm not led by that. I'm led by what the Holy Spirit tells me to do. And when you just say yes, when you step out, things happen. Amen. So who's going to roll away this, this stone? It's great. It's very heavy. Some people say it was anywhere between three to 5,000 pounds. They can't move that. Let me tell you, we serve a supernatural God. Amen. So entering into the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side clothed in a long white garment and they were afraid and he said unto them be not afraid you seek Jesus of Nazareth which was crucified he is risen he is not here behold the place where they laid him you're looking for Jesus you came here to anoint his body. Guess what? He's not here. He is not dead. He is alive and he is risen. Go and tell what you have seen. How many know this is not a message just once a year? Easter message. This is everything. Daily when you take your authority against the enemy, it's because what Jesus did for you. That's the message. Paul preached that message. It says that. They, it, they, says it, he, they threatened Paul because he preached Jesus and the resurrection. That's what he preached. Why? Because that's where everything is. Jesus is not dead. He is alive. Go and tell. So, when you have sickness in your body, when you have pain in your body, maybe you have some thoughts and suicidal thoughts, whatever it may be, it's because what Jesus did for you, he defeated the enemy, and you can remind the devil every single day, devil, you lost. Devil, you are a loser. Jesus won the battle for me. He is my victory. So I don't have to walk around being in a victim mindset. I walk around being in victory. I don't have to walk around trying to have people make things happen for me. No, I look to Jesus because he's made everything happen for me. Jesus is alive. We serve a supernatural God, a God of power. That rock, three to 5,000 pounds, they couldn't move it, but a supernatural God moved it. An angel moved it out of the way and sat on top of it. We live in a natural world, but we cannot neglect the supernatural. And we cannot be led by what we see and what we hear. We serve a God of power and he's on your side no wonder David said if God before me who could be against me why because we serve a supernatural God that is not limited by the natural 
is not limited by what maybe your friends may think. No, we serve a God of power. Hallelujah. Right before I came to to this area, Oklahoma, Missouri, I was in California and I was preaching. And at the very end of the service, the Holy Spirit highlighted me out this guy. He's sitting in the back. Doesn't look like he wants to be there. I said, okay, Holy Spirit, let's do it. Tough looking kid. Tough looking kid. I said, get up here. He goes, where do you want me? So he said, where do you want me? Young guy, gang life, tatted up, has seen some things, has been hurt. I, talking about a supernatural God, a God of power. He's not just a church, you know, sermon, then go eat at KFC. No, he's a God of power. Hallelujah. So I had him come up. I want to pray for him. And I kid you not, the power of God hit that young kid. And he laid on the ground and wept. And he was sweating through his clothes. And it was like vibrations were going through his body from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. A power of God was all over him. What? That is supernatural. That's the power of God. A touch from the Holy Spirit. After it was over, I was talking to him. I said, tell me what happened. He goes, he doesn't know the terms. He, he goes, I don't know. He goes, I didn't want to be here. I got in a fight with my mom. I just gotten out of the military. I'm hurt. He goes, I'm standing there and I felt, this is what he said. He goes, I felt a force throw me to the ground. He said, it was like someone came behind me and pushed me to the ground. He got so touched by God. Destiny can tell you the service was over. He was laying on the uh, back seat by himself. Everyone had the lights off and he's just trembling. What was it? It was God. It was an encounter with a real living, supernatural God. I pray this morning that you leave... Maybe you might feel discouraged. Maybe you say, I don't know if this is real. I pray right now before you even leave that you have an encounter that God so touches you where you cannot deny it. Hallelujah. That the Holy Spirit breaks off every cruise control that we have set. That he breaks that off. Maybe you think you're going pretty good, but he breaks it off and takes us up to another level. Hallelujah. I don't want to be where I was at yesterday. I don't want to be at where I was at last year. Daily, I want to go up another level. I want to see things every day that I've never seen before. I want to sense his presence. I want to sense his love in a way I've never sensed or felt before. Hallelujah. A God of power. We serve a God of power. And I want to share with you this morning a key in my life that has helped me in my walk with God. You know, many of you know my family, of course. 
Pastor Chips, my uncle, my, my grandmother. And I, I always tell people, I didn't just grow up in a Christian family. I, brought, I grew up in a ministry family. Everyone in my family are preachers. Christmas time, everyone preaches to each other. That's the truth. Hours. My grandmother will say, okay, let's, let's shift the top. Let's, the kids want to open their presents. They're all preachers. But I, I grew up in that family, and I always tell people I knew how to get by. I knew the Christian lingo. Uh, I, I knew how to, what to say, the words to say, but not be living it, not being 100% on fire. The Lord started speaking to my heart. He said, Brandon, I want your fellowship. I want you to know me the way Pastor Chip knows me. I want you to know me like the way your grandmother knows me. So my, li- my life started changing. I, I was traveling with my grandmother for over three years. And, and then I met Destiny, which she's my destiny. Amen. She chased me down. <laughs> she really did. <laughs> she contacted me and uh, the rest is history. She just said hi. That's all she said. And I just messaged her back. But I knew when I, when I met her, I knew it was God. I knew it was God, and I knew the Lord was telling me to, to move to California, to take that step. Here I am with my family, traveling with my grandmother, meeting powerful men, women of God, you know, wow, and getting paid for it. Why would you leave that? Are you crazy? <laughs> Staying at five-star nice hotels when there's no service, getting my workout on. Maybe trying to tan, lay out in the sun. It was, it was nice. It was comfortable. But I, I met Destiny, and I felt the Lord saying, Brandon, move to California. Why would I do that? My whole life is ministry. What am I going to do in California? That's a long ways from home. What am I going to do? But I knew it was God, and I took that step. Cody helped drive me. We, we drove together in my little red car to California, cross country. I remember we were going through the mountains. Cody's driving. I looked over. I see the temperature gauge of my car going up to H. And that's not hallelujah, amen? I, I didn't even tell Cody. I go, so, I, just, I started praying. That thing went down. I said, thank you, Lord. But made that step, went to California. Married destiny. Here I am in a place trusting God. A long ways from home. God, I want to know you like my grandmother. God, I want to know you like men and women of God I hear about. I, I feel like I heard your voice. Here I am. It's, this is not a comfortable situation. I, what, about, what about money? How's that going to work? How am I going to be... a uh, provide for my wife. Even, Lord, you put on my heart ministry. How's ministry going to work? This is what I'm thinking. How's ministry going to work? It looks like I left what would be the best, you know, if talk about naturally making it happen, going with my grandmother, meeting people, churches. That's what I left. Here I'm in a place by myself. But I went back to this. God, you told me to come here. 
I'm trusting you. I'm stepping out like they stepped out and they went to anoint the body of Jesus. The rock was still in the way, but when they got there, that rock moved. Lord, right now in my path, there's some big rocks. Finances. There's some big rocks. How am I going to be a preacher? I can't preach like my grandmother. I don't know Hebrew. I'm, I'm working on the English language. I still say me when I should say I. <laughs> yeah, she let my grandmother lets us know. I'm not like Pastor Chip. I wasn't a coach. I was a bat boy. <laughs> How is this going to work? But going back to this, God, you told me to be here. And it looks crazy. It doesn't look like the right decision. But when the Lord tells you to do it, it's always the right decision. It's always the right decision. And he's our everything. He's our provider. You might have a natural job that, you know, you, you go to nine to five and you get that paycheck. That's not your provider. He's the ultimate provider. So I'm there in a place. I'm, now I'm living in a small trailer, my wife and I. Talk about trusting God totally different what I was used to. But thank God we have the Word of God. Thank God we can go to the Word of God. Those are not the times where you just let your emotions rule you and say, what's going on? I give up. No, that's when you go, you put your worship music on. That's part of the training, right? A lot of professional athletes, they don't want to practice. They do it to train, to be better. Practices are not usually the most fun. But this is a training time. Me and the Lord. Put my worship music on. Turn it up. Thank you, Lord. Help me. Help me. You're my Father. Help me, Lord. Start reading the Word of God. See what the Word of God says. Start applying it to your life. So I'm reading. I'm reading this passage right here, what I just read to you. Rock in the way, they went. Thank you, Lord. I feel like I have some rocks in the way. I believe you're removing those. Rocks, you move in Jesus' name. I'm reading this. Rocks in the way, they moved. Rocks, you move in Jesus' name. I'm reading, I'm, I'm studying this. The whole time, Destiny can tell you, I was always in a fight because... I'd always say, Destiny, why California? Do you know how much money it's going to cost to be here? It costs lots of money. It's a little more expensive than Oklahoma. How's this going to work? How's ministry going to work? How's this going to work? Destiny would say this, God told you we trust in him. We trust in him. So I'm, I'm reading about this rock in the way, Angels moved in. I'm just spending time in the Word. How the angel tell, told them, go tell the disciples, Jesus is alive. I'm reading this. Verse 10, Mark chapter 16, verse 10. 
And she went and told them that had been with him. Been with who? Jesus. As they mourned and wept. And they, when they heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, believed not. Here's these guys, great men of faith. Been with Jesus. Jesus told them, I'm coming back. They get, a, they get the message, hey, I saw Jesus. I had an encounter. I saw an angel. He, Jesus is alive. And it says, they believed not. How many of there's hope for us? People of faith. There might be times where you might say, I don't know about that. But they, they had a time right there. They didn't believe her. So I'm in my trailer, I'm, I'm reading this, and I read verse 12. After that he appeared, and another formed unto two of them, as they walked and went to the country. And they went, and they told, and they didn't even believe them either. The road to Emmaus, they had an encounter, they see Jesus. They tell him, hey, I saw Jesus, he's alive. He's not dead. He's not in the grave, he's alive. They didn't believe him. So then I went to verse 14. Afterward, he appeared unto the 11. So who's appearing? Jesus. The little messengers didn't get, they didn't believe the messengers. So Jesus said, I'm going to show up. So afterward, he appeared unto the 11 as they sat at me. And here, I'm thinking about this. They're eating dinner. They're having a good time. Maybe they're sad. Maybe they wipe the tears away. Maybe they're having a conversation. And guess who shows up? Jesus. He walks through the walls. What's up? So I'm reading this. I'm talking about this morning things that have helped my walk with God. We all have a walk. We all have a journey. Your journey won't look like everyone else's. This is what's helped me. This is a, a shift in my life. Jesus shows up as they see, uh, as they're seated, as they're eating dinner. And look, he abraded them with their unbelief and hardness of heart. Because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. So I'm reading this over and over. How many know the Bible reads you? You don't read it. So many times I get in the Bible and I'm reading it. I'm like, that's good. And the Holy Spirit says, that's for you. You need to correct some things. So I, I'm reading this. I just felt drawn for days. I was reading this passage. Here I'm thinking Jesus shows up and he gets on to him talk about a locker room moment. He upbraids them. Gets in their face. Because your hardness of heart and your unbelief. How many know these two go together? Hardness of heart. Unbelief. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12 calls unbelief evil. Jesus hates unbelief. And a hard heart. We're called to have, be tender-hearted, childlike. 
sensitive to the Holy Spirit, yielded vessels. If he tells you to jump up, maybe do a little, do it. What is that? That's you being a yielded vessel. You hear people all the time, I've been through a lot. I'm guarded. I'm guarded. That's anti-biblical. I've been hurt by so many. You haven't been hurt by Jesus. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I never had a father. I never had a mother. You have Jesus. You have everything. Don't let your heart get hard. Don't be full of unbelief. So I'm reading this. Unbelief. Hardness of heart. In the Amplified, it said Jesus went to each of them and made them give an account. Why is your heart hard? And why are you so full of unbelief? You've been with me for three years. You've seen miracle after miracle. And why do you have a hard heart? I've only been gone for a few days. Why is your heart hard? Come on. Where's your endurance at? Where's that stamina at? (laughs) Why is your heart so hard? And why are you so full of unbelief? The dictionary defines hardened as cold, insensitive, unfeeling, and unyielding. We should never be on cruise control. Oh, another day at church. Glorious church fellowship. I like Pastor Chip. He's funny. <laughs> no. Lord, today's my day. When, when, when Pastor Kylie gets up there and worships and sings, I know I'm going to be so in touch by you. What? That's being tender-hearted, soft-hearted, yielded vessel. And the Noah Webster Dictionary... Thank you, Pastor Chip. You always refer to that. It says you have no tenderness. Not tender. And the Lord, the Holy Spirit, me in this moment, I'm reading this. I'm reading this. The Holy Spirit speaks to me so clear. He said this, Brandon, your heart is hard. What? My heart is hard. I I immediately thought of unforgiveness. I don't have any unforgiveness. Mark 11, it says, you know, if you have any unforgiveness, forgive. The Passion Translation, if you look that up, it says, if you're carrying anything in your heart, let it go. Proverbs says, guard your heart. Because out of it flows the issues of life. Brandon, your heart is hard. I go, Lord, please forgive me. Wash me in your blood. Do I have any ought against any? What is it? And he spoke to me. He said this, your heart is hard because you look at the natural more than the supernatural. That's an indication of a hard heart. If you're natural minded, if you're only led by the natural, what you can see, what you can hear, I'll do it if it looks okay, you have a hard heart. Hard heart grieves the Holy Spirit. I want you to turn to Ephesians, or you can look up on the screen. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. I'll look, I'll read verse 29. It says this, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Everything you say to people should minister to them. 
Not cut them down. Not discourage them. Verse 30, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, where you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Click. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. It only works with you, yeah. Let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, and clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Click. Be kind to one another, tender hearted. It says, grieve not the Holy Spirit, and it gives all the listings, and it says, be tender hearted. So the Holy Spirit started to speak to me. As if you have a hard heart, Brandon, you grieve the Holy Spirit. We got to be tender hearted. What did Jesus say? Be childlike. Childlike faith. To believe the impossible. Because with God, nothing is impossible. Childlike faith. Oh, I've, you can, I've been let down oh, so much my whole life. I just don't believe anything anymore. Hard heart. Childlike faith. My, my nephew, six years old. He goes, Brandon, where are you going? I was leaving. I said, I'm going to Mars. He goes, let me go with you. <laughs> let me go with you. What? Tenderhearted. Nothing's impossible. Not saying we're going to go to Mars, but no limit. Take every limit off that the naturals try to put on you. Be tenderhearted. We serve a supernatural God. Hallelujah. I want, to show, I want to show an example of this, of a hardness of heart and unbelief. Mark chapter 6. Verse 1. So Jesus goes into his own country. His disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, "From where does this man have these things and his wisdom? And there's such mighty works that are by his hands. So there, how does faith come? By what? Hearing by the word of God. Jesus is preaching. Could you imagine being there? He's preaching, and they're saying, whoa, he preaches differently. He has wisdom. He has authority. He has something on him where I preach. He preaches, and I feel tingly. What is that? That's, I think that's the anointing. Anointed. And then they, they've been hearing the stories of miracles. And they said, his hands, Jesus' hands are full of power. I was there. I was at that meeting when that blind man was there. And he touched his eyes and, and he got healed. I was there when that crippled man was there. And he wasn't crippled any longer. I saw that person bound up by an evil spirit. And when Jesus showed up, that person got freed. That person got delivered. They're talking about him. They're talking about the miracles. In verse 3, they start looking at the natural. Is this not the carpenter? Isn't he a carpenter? Didn't he build my table a few years ago? I know this guy. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Judah, and Simon? Are not his sisters are here with us? We know, we know his family. And, ver, and right there at the very end, it says this, and they were offended at him. Hard heart, offended. Where do you have your offense at? In your heart. 
Something happened. The atmosphere was shifting. The atmosphere was changing. And all of a sudden, they start going to the natural. We know who he is. His family's here. And it says they were offended at Jesus. Offense. Offense is in your heart. So we know what happened. Jesus said this, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and his own house. Verse 5, and he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick and healed them. Verse 6, and he marveled because of their unbelief. Hardness of heart and unbelief go together. You have a hard heart, you're in unbelief. You see an example of that they were offended at Jesus and he marveled at their unbelief. Unbelief, hardness of heart. Jesus marveled at two things, unbelief and faith. The centurion officer, he marveled at that faith. Whoa, I haven't seen faith like this before. Just speak the word. He marveled at that kind of faith and he marveled at this unbelief. So looking more at the natural than the supernatural. Indication of a hard heart. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. I want you to look at Mark 6, verse 45. So this is after the feeding of the 5,000. They needed provision. They needed a miracle. They needed bread. They have thousands of people there. 15 to 20,000 people. We know the story, how, how Jesus takes a little boy's lunch. He blesses it, tells his disciples to, to pass it out. And they had what? 12 baskets left over. Verse 45, and straightway he constrained his disciples. So he tells his disciples, other translation says he forced his disciples to get into the ship and to go the other si- go to the other side before, and then while he sent away the people. Next verse. And he sent them away, and he departed into a mountain to pray. Verse 47, and when evening was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. Let me tell you this. When Jesus tells you something, he's going to take care of you. When Jesus puts you on the ship and says, I'll see you on the other side, you will be on the other side. He doesn't say words that don't come forth. Every time I get on an airplane... I put my hands on that plane. I say, this airplane's going to pass over from here to Texas or California. I will be on the other side. That's what Jesus said. I'll get on the ship. I'll see you on the other side. Jesus goes away to pray. Verse 48, he saw them toiling and rowing for the wind was against them. And it's about the fourth watch of the night. He comes unto them walking upon the sea, and he would have passed them. So Jesus is on the mountain. He's praying. He sees his disciples struggling. They think their lives are going to end. And Jesus doesn't tell his disciples, hey, come back and pick me up. No, he starts walking on the water, and he would have passed them. 
He's walking on the very thing the disciples thinks are going to take them out. The sea. Let me tell you, it's all under his feet. What you think you're struggling with, maybe generational uh, things, pain, sickness, Jesus has paid it all for you. It is under his feet, and because of that, it's under our feet. And he would have passed them by. Verse 49, they saw him walking upon the sea. They supposed it had been a spirit. They cried out. For they all saw him, were troubled, and immediately he talked with them, and he said unto them, Be of good cheer. It is I. Don't be afraid. The Passion Translation says this, Don't yield to fear. Have courage. Jesus said this, Don't yield to that fear, because I haven't given you that fear. Have courage. I told you I'll see you on the other side. Have courage. That's a decision we have to make every day. I will not yield to fear. I will have courage. Hallelujah. Verse 51. And when he went up into the ship, the the wind ceased, and they were so amazed in themselves beyond measure, and they wondered. This is what the Holy Spirit showed me. Verse 52. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. They consider not the supernatural of Jesus. They consider not what just happened before with the feeding of the 5,000 overflow, 12 baskets left over. And it says they didn't consider it because their heart was hardened. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, Brandon, I put you in a place. I have you here in California, and it's going to cost a lot. But just like I took care of the food with 12 baskets left over, I am supernatural. You put your trust in me. You step out, and I will make everything happen for you. You have a hard heart because you're more led by what you see and what you hear than trusting me. We know the stories. We know Elijah, the crows bringing them, the ravens bringing them food, supernatural provision. We know the stories of Paul being shipwrecked, said, be of good cheer. Leaving on the, out of an Alexandria ship from Malta. We know those stories. What is that? That's supernatural. And the Lord spoke to me, I want to do supernatural in your life. I want to make a way where there is no way. But your heart is hard because you're only led by what you see and what you hear and what feels good. I want you to take the limits off. I feel like that this church is expanding. I feel like it's building. And the Lord's speaking to people to help finance it. Even Pastor Chip has told you, has encouraged you. I know, have you done that, Pastor Chip? I, I, know, I know you need to step up. You're going to help finance it. But if you're thinking naturally, you're going to be like, what? I barely paid my mortgage. What? Supernatural. Just say yes. I'll do it. Like Brother Copeland, the Lord spoke to him. I want you to give 50000 to Kenneth Hagin. He goes, I didn't have 50000 but he started giving. He just said yes. He, didn't, he wasn't led by the natural. What? He, he knows he's tapped into the supernatural and the Word of God, and he just said, okay. 
I don't know how to make it happen, but I'll start doing it. He started uh, giving money, sowing, and before you knew it, he gave way over that. That's supernatural. No wonder Kenneth Hagin would always say this. If they even told on me that I killed my own mother, I wouldn't argue with them. Why? Because he doesn't want nothing to touch his heart. Tenderhearted. You're not going to affect me. There's always going to be opportunities to get your hard heart. Get your heart hard, mad, Christian. They're Christians. No, tenderhearted. Destiny will tell you, I've had people do me so wrong. And she'll tell you, I'll always pray this, Lord, protect my heart. Watch over me. Bless them. I don't want nothing to touch my heart. I want to be tenderhearted. I want to be yielded to you. Hallelujah. Supernatural provision. Mark chapter 8. Another account. Feeding thousands of people. Check this out. Verse 17. When Jesus knew it, he said unto them, Why reason you because you have no bread? Perceive ye, perceive ye not, neither understand. Have your heart, has your heart been hardened? So here's another separate account of a feeding of thousands of people. And he goes, is your heart hardened? What are you talking about? You, is your heart hardened? And here's the signs of a hard heart. Verse 18. Having eyes that see not. Having ears that hear not. And do you not remember? You should always be in remembrance of what God's done for your life. Stir it up. What you're not thankful for, you're, there, there's a chance that you might lose it. Thank you, Lord, for gas. Thank you. I can fill up my tank. Hallelujah. I don't, I don't care if gas gets to $6 a gallon. I'll fill up my tank and someone else's. Supernatural. We got to step it up. Amen. Having eyes that see not, having ears that hear not, do you not remember? Then he tells them this, when I broke the five loaves among the five thousands, how many basketfuls of fragments did you take up? They said 12. And he says, what about this time, the seven among 4,000? How many baskets full of fragments did you take up? They said seven. Verse 21, he said this, how is it that you don't understand? What's Jesus saying? I'm not limited by the natural. You saw me do it once. You saw me do it twice. You're, you don't have bread. You're hungry, whatever it is. Why do you look at that? How do you not understand? Your heart is hard because you have eyes that don't see. Me in that place, I had eyes that didn't see. I had ears that didn't hear. So a result of a hard heart, when you're looking more at the natural than the supernatural, you will have eyes that don't see what you're supposed to see. You'll have ears that can't hear what you're supposed to hear. God wants us to see the impossible. He wants us to hear things and believe him for things that we ourselves cannot do it, but it's only him. I can tell you supernatural. This is a supernatural. This is us living in the supernatural. That's where we're called to live. I can tell you story after story of supernatural provision. Supernatural provision. There in California, trusting him. Me being tenderhearted. Lord, please forgive me. 
full of faith. I believe you. Even when, the, when finances get low, I'm not shifted. I'm not, I don't care about that. I don't have to tell my mom. I don't tell my grandmother. No, I trust you. You're the one that fed the 5,000. I, I want to see what you call me to see. I want to hear things you call me to hear. I want, I want to break all the limits off. There was, there was a, I could tell you so many stories. There was a story right when the uh, pandemic happened. We had a, some meetings cancel on us. But how many know our God doesn't supply all of our needs according to our meetings? It's encouraging. It's according to the riches of the glory in Christ Jesus. It's not according to your job. Someone lays you off. It's according to him. So there was some, you could say, pressure. We needed some money, and I was praying and believing God just what this scripture said. Supernatural God, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. We had about three days until we needed like thousands. Talk about living in California, what we do, thousands of dollars a month we have to trust him. Me and my wife are in full-time ministry. So we trust the Lord. We're in that zone. No wishy-washy. No wishy-washy. Every time we get into that place where we have hardly any money or whatever it is, thank God we've, God supernaturally blessed us now. It's been more than that. But we always sow his seed. Trust God. Just like he, he multiplied the, the bread and the fish, he'll do it with our finances. We went to a coffee shop. I remember the night before, I was pacing. I was praying, and I was believing God. I was living in Hollywood at this apartment. I'm praying. I'm praying in the Spirit. Destiny was asleep about three in the morning. She wakes up. She goes, go to bed. Go to bed. A word from the Lord. Go to bed. Okay. Go to bed. That next day, we go to a coffee shop. My telephone rings. Hello? It's a church I never heard of in Alabama. Do you want me to go to your church? No, no, no. We had you on our heart. We just had service last night and we took up an offering for you. I don't know who this church is. Never heard of the pastor. We're sending it to you. Thousands of dollars. Supernatural God. You do what he tells you to do. He'll open the ways for you. Move the rock. I could tell you countless stories. Hallelujah. We serve a good God. Praise you, Jesus. We, during that pandemic, we felt led to have a California prayer meeting that we do twice a month. And the Lord spoke to me, put on my heart to stream it online. So people from Oklahoma, all of you prayers, Miss Lana, all of us prayers, you, you're a part of it. You give into it and you, you're always watching and all of us could pray as a point. I can be the point of contact. We pray for California and we pray for the move of God that's coming forth from the, all the revival seeds and awakening seeds. And that's when I'm there. I'm not, I, I pray and just believe God. Touch California. We need to touch. We need you to move. So I told Destiny during this time, hey, I feel like we need to do this. This takes lots of money. This takes equipment, cameras, money that we don't have. But I don't, I'm not led by reading this. I'm not led by the natural. I said, yes, Lord, I'll do it. When I stepped out, a person contacted me and paid for the whole thing. And they pay for the, how much it costs per month? They pay for the whole budget every month. Supernatural God. 
And he wants to do that in your life. Don't be so natural-minded. You preach that on Tuesday night. Spirit, soul, body. Soul, your mind, your will, and emotions. Don't be led by that. Be led by the Lord. I'll give you another example of that as we close. About two years ago, the Lord put on my heart to write a book. And to write a book on courage. About the heavenly encounter I had, about going to the classroom, meeting David. I, I, was in this, I was in a place in my life I needed courage. I was in a relationship with a girl that was not destiny. It was trying to take me away from God. I had pressure. And I was, I, I was getting in the word of God. I was, pray, I was reading about courage. And I had this heavenly encounter happen to me. And I, I ended that relationship. My life started to take forth and on fire for God. And the rest is history. About two years ago, the Lord put on my heart, I want you to write on courage, a book on courage. I didn't do very well in my English classes. Me write a book? But me just not being led by the natural, but by the supernatural. Yes, Lord, I'll do it. Destiny can tell you. I didn't tell anybody. I started typing it. What the Lord showed me before I had that heavenly encounter about courage, how, how David had courage to run up the giant. Uh, Joshua, courage. Be bold. Have courage. How Paul prayed for boldness. He prayed for courage. Proverbs 28, 1 says, The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. I, I'm like a lion. So I'm, I'm writing this all down. I wrote it all. So, okay, Lord, what now? Do I tell anybody? No. Do I tell my grandmother, hey, I wrote a book? No. I'm trusting God. I could have maybe made something happen, but no. I'm being led by God, and I'm trusting Him. And the Lord's put it on my heart to get it published. Some people say, you can do self-published. No. Published. That's pretty, that's like a, that's pretty far out, right? So I had a friend. This is, so two years goes by. I had a friend over at my house who's a pastor. He says, Brandon, you need to listen to this minister. Very well-known minister. You need to listen to him. He flows in the supernatural. He flows in the prophetic. Amazing guy. You need to listen to him. I think you'll like him. I said, oh, okay, okay. I'd never listened to him. He came back again. Same thing. Have you listened to that guy? No, I haven't. You need to listen to him. Flows in the prophetic. Flows in the supernatural. He's He's awesome. Okay, a few days goes by, I didn't listen to him. Finally, I decided to put him on YouTube. Presence of God. He's preaching. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. Glory, hallelujah. Uh, he starts telling about these encounters he had and these translations and whatnot. So right after that, I go to Branson. Talk about the Holy Spirit. Talk about him leading me. Listen to this. I go to Branson. I tell my grandmother and my mom about this guy. I said, hey, you need to listen to this guy. And I start telling them testimonies of him. My grandma goes, you know, that's brand, that's supernatural. That's going to happen more and more these last days. Brother Hagen said that. It's going to be more prevalent. So I go back to California. That following week, I get a message. That guy you're talking about on YouTube is here at Pearl Mountain to meet your grandmother. He looks up to her. So they meet. They, I'm like, man, I missed it by a week. Did I miss God? So they had a great time, and he, he went up to my grandmother, and she goes, I know who you are. My grandson told me all about you last week. So he leaves Branson. He comes back to California. He contacts me. Hey, let's have coffee. I said, okay. 
or go have coffee with them. I was thinking, wow, Lord, you're all involved in this. We're talking about the supernatural God. Me writing the book, not telling anybody. Published, okay? Like Mary, ponder on your heart. Don't tell everyone everything. They might think you're crazy. Supernatural God, I believe he'll do, he'll do the impossible. So I meet him at the coffee shop. This is the first thing he says to me. Have you written a book? <laughs> not high. Have you written a book? I said, Yeah. He goes, what are you doing with it? I said, well, the Lord told me to write it. I haven't told anybody, just waiting for the next step. He goes, I'm going to help you get it published. I'm going to connect you with my guy. He connected me with his guy. His guy is the leading dude in that area. He's the head of a publishing house. It's a huge publishing house. He works with very close friends with Bill Johnson, all these people. Him and I start talking all the time, helping me even expand and to write. And now, I just sent it off. It's completely done. He's editing it right now. Supernatural God. Hallelujah. He wants to do that in your life. Not me trying to make it happen, but God. When Jesus tells you to do something, he'll take care of it. He'll always provide for you. He provides for the birds. He'll provide for you. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus was sent to heal the brokenhearted. The Spirit of the Lord God's upon me, for He's anointed me to what? To heal the brokenhearted. A discouraged heart is a broken heart. A hurt heart is a broken heart. A confused heart is a broken heart. It's like when you go to the chiropractor and they 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 call it realigns you. This right now, the Holy Spirit's doing that. He's realigning you for you to operate the way he's called you to operate and to trust him and the supernatural power of God. He will make a way for you, whatever it is, finances. Maybe, I, I feel like maybe some of you believe in God for healing and it's been a long time. You, you said, I've been saying the scriptures. I've been believing God, trusting him. I've gone to church. And I haven't seen that healing. I haven't seen that breakthrough. Maybe you got discouraged. Put your faith, put your trust back into the Lord and the supernatural power of God. Hallelujah. Thank you for checking out our podcast. For more information on His Name Ministries, check out our website at hisnameministries.com. Or check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Have a blessed day.